Hi, everybody. As Cathy has introduced me, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, and thank you also to Tina for this wonderful worship that we've been enjoying this morning. I wish I had a voice like Tina's. Wow. Um, and thank you also, Emmanuel, that was really illuminating what you said. That's really touched my heart. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the talk. So, uh, last week, Colin talked quite passionately about um, hosting the Spirit of God, hosting the presence of God. And this talk today is almost like a part two of that. It's sharing abundant life. And uh, I've got to say, I found it very difficult preparing for this talk. I'm going to be honest with you. I spent a long time praying to God for inspiration. And eventually, on the third day, he gave me a word. He gave me heart. That was it. That's all I've got to work with. Heart. So I got praying about that and thinking about that. And that's my first point for the talk. God in our hearts. The love that flows through us that is Jesus that comes from our hearts. Now, I haven't got a slide for that, but why have a slide when you can wear it? There's the big reveal. <laughs> God in our hearts. Now, yes, I did make this myself. Okay, I know it looks very professional. Um, it's actually... <laughs> thank you, Anthea. It's actually from five years ago when I did a course called the Ignite course. Uh, it's a year-long course run by the church. And I was doing a talk on God being in our hearts. And I made this. Uh, and obviously, it needed to come out for a second viewing. I'll have you know that I actually had to lose weight to put this on. And would you believe it? These are called love handles, not hate handles. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the talk. So I'm going to keep my jumper on because actually I'm quite cold. <laughs> uh, but I won't be taking off any more layers. I assure you, this is a family meeting. So... Uh, what's illuminating about heart? So I've, I've got two scriptures, two um, passages to just share with you first. It's Matthew 6.21. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I love that. That's been going round and round in my head. The other one is Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. I love that. We're in spring now, aren't we? Daffodils, um, you know, wonderful flowers, all, everything coming into bloom. So, in the New King James Version, this is quite interesting. The heart is mentioned, can you guess how many times, any young people at the back, how many times do you think heart is mentioned in the Bible, in the New King James Version? Take a guess. 150, higher. 300, higher. Higher. Okay. It's just so six Okay. Uh, it's actually 826 times. That's quite a lot of times, isn't it? And um, the word mind is mentioned 95 times. Mind, not mindful, just the word mind. 
And the word brain is mentioned zero times. Imagine how I'm feeling. I'm not exactly an academic. I just about scraped through secondary school with one decent GCSE, and that was in art. And then I went to the University of Life, where I learned all kinds of things, which we won't go into right now. Anyway, let's get back to, to scripture here. So, uh, the readings that we've had to do uh, over the last week are Matthew 22 through to 25. And um, in these readings, we encounter a Jesus in the place of conflict. And, um, and in Matthew 23, which I'm going to go through you in, with you in a minute, it's one of the last messages that he gave to a mixed large audience. And it's really quite sobering. So I'm just going to read to you Matthew 23, 1 through to 8. Now I'm dyslexic, so if I get anything wrong, please forgive me. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move a finger to help them. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They like to wear their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the greetings in the marketplace and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. And he goes on to call the Pharisees hypocrites, blind fools, a brood of vipers, and the tirade goes on. That's harsh words, isn't it? Coming from Jesus' mouth. It's good to wrestle with scripture, because if it's important to him, it's important to us too. Was Jesus angry? Yeah, he was livid. Was he out of control? No, not possible. Was Jesus blunt? Yes. Scathing? Yes. Was he unfair? Not possible. So what can we glean from this? The Pharisees were the teachers of the Jewish law at the time. They studied the Bible thoroughly. They were respected by the common people who asked them for advice in day-to-day -day life. We could be, say so much as they were thought of the spiritual and religious celebrities of the time. Jesus said they sat on the seat of Moses. That's a huge responsibility, isn't it? That's huge authority on them. But it seems that the power had gone a bit to their heads. And their self-importance made them prideful. And much to their disgust, Jesus was revealing what's in their hearts. They loved titles and wearing fancy clothes to look important. Their phylacteries 
Does anyone know what a phylactery is? I had no idea. It's really good to look these things up, though, isn't it? If you don't know something in the Bible, look it up, because actually it gives you a window into what was going on with the culture then and what is going on now sometimes, too. So, this is a modern-day phylactery. Um, and it's worn, it's a small box, usually sort of leather or made out of something else, and it's got scripture in it. It's got tiny little scrolls and scripture written in Hebrew from the Old Testament, and it's to remind the holy men to follow the law. And so as they were wearing their phylacteries, and they wear one on the centre of their head and on their left arm, uh, upper left arm, and it's still worn today, as you can see here, Um, by Jewish men that are praying in the morning. And so they wore this to make people think that they were really following the law. They were really sort of um, very important people and very holy. Um, But they put burdens on people. And remember, in Matthew 11, Jesus says, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What a contrast. The Pharisees didn't practice what they preached. Although they had an abundance of wealth, they didn't really share it. They weren't sharing abundant life with others. So my second point is, don't be a Pharisee. Not in the literal sense, but let's, let's search our hearts. Are we letting pride take hold? Placing too much pressure on others, judging others. Do we care more about what people think than we do about what's in our hearts? Interestingly, that's in the Lectio uh, that was the reflection yesterday. By then I'd already written my talk, this isn't a Saturday night special. I'd actually written it last week, (laughs) thankfully. So, um, all through these passages in Matthew 22 through to 25, there's a lot of don'ts said by Jesus, but there are two big do's from Jesus. And that is our reflection passage for this week, Matthew 22:37. When Jesus is challenged about the greatest of the commandments, he says, You shall love your Lord your God, with all your heart, notice there's the heart word again, and it comes first, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law of the prophets. So how do we love our neighbor? Well, we can share what we have, and we're We're encouraged to do that cheerfully. However, our resources are limited, our money runs dry, our time runs out, and our energy fails. But if we share what God's life is, it's limitless. It never fails. We were singing that earlier, weren't we? It never fails. So my third point is, trust in God's abundance, not in ours. And uh, Moses taught that in the wilderness with manna and with water from the rock. It was also one of the big 
lessons that Jesus taught us in the feeding of the 5,000. So the key to walking in abundance is to trust that God will provide, protect and deliver. And in what capacity can we do that? Well, it's not always necessary to start something new. We can work with what we've got. We've got River Life, bringing abundant life to young families in the community. We've got Lighthouse Marlow, which is bringing life to this town and the children in this town. Now enrolling for Lighthouse 2022. Uh, If you want any information, come and see me. Shameless plug. Um, Links International, sharing abundant life with the nations. One Can Trust, feeding the hungry in the community. Isn't that needed now? As the cost of living is going up, that is so important. I could mention more. Refugee Action, Wycombe, and the list goes on. But we can also share abundant life that is Jesus with the people that we encounter in our lives. Uh, And so I'm going to share with you a time when I did that very thing. Uh, A couple of years ago, I went on a talk course um, in London, and it was a secular thing. It's not something run by the church. And there was about 11 of us on the the course. It was like people from different ages, uh, and some people were coming because they had to do a work presentation, and some people were really good speakers, but then they'd lost their confidence. And uh, we had three things to talk on. First thing uh, was talk about somebody who's had a massive influence in your life. Easy, Jesus. So I went up and had a chat about Jesus. Um, Yeah, my audience is mixed here, can I just tell you? And there were some staunch atheists in there as well. Next thing, talk about uh, a time when you went on holiday and it was really special. Well, I talked about when I went to Rome and I went to this place that was, used to be a monastery. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a place called Palazzola, um, and it overlooks a lake. And we were sitting in the gardens that, obviously, the monks cultivated at the time. And it was an evening. We looked up to the sky, and there was this beautiful star just come all the way across the sky, shooting star. And I just felt the presence of God on me. It was such a special moment. So I told them about that. Next thing... Uh, talk about something where you've had a life-changing experience. <laughs> Baptism! <laughs> there I was again. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Um, they, they loved it, actually. They were really good. And at the end, the guy who ran the course is called Vince, and he came up to me and he said, that was good, Johnny. He said, God's lucky to have you on his side. I nearly laughed my head off. I'm the one who's blessed to have him. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, let's, I digress. Let's get on with the talk. So, um, and I can tell you about other times when I've shared Jesus and I've shared life with people, but sometimes it's been really vulnerable. Like, there's been people who have been really vulnerable with me, and I really think it's for them to tell the story. It's their testimony. But I can tell you my testimony, which is this lovely lady, Kathy, who's sitting in front of me. She introduced me to River Marlow, and I haven't looked back since. I've got to be honest with you. I've found so much love here, so much support here, and I have that to be grateful for. And she shared abundant life with me. And actually, quite a lot of people who are sitting here in the audience now, 
you've shared abundant life with me, and I am so thankful for that. So, this is what I think God is saying to us in this season. And he's saying many things. This is one of many things he's saying. It's be kind to one another. You know what? In our family and our church, we can be the harshest critics, can't we? And why is that? That's because we're very expectant of the people in our family and our churches to do well, to be good, to live up to our standards. But Jesus, I'm sure, wants us to share abundant life, not just with the people who don't know Jesus, but with our own family as well. And to do that, we need the fruits of the Spirit. Patience, kindness, gentleness, love, all of those things. So, coming to the end of my talk now, guys. (laughs) Stick with me. Um, Let's change the mindset from they should know better to I can love them better. So let's be easy on one another. Let's be patient with one another. Let's be kind to one another. Let's love one another, not in our own capacity, but in God's capacity. So to quote a word from Rag and Bone Man, we're only human after all. I misquoted that slightly, just to make a point. Anyway, uh, there endeth my talk. And now I shall be calling up two lovely young people to say a prayer. One of them's my son Joseph, and the other one is lovely Izzy, and she's the daughter of Kathy and Phil that have been leading today. I've known her since primary school. She was lovely then, and she's lovely now. And this is a family meeting, so let's do that. Uh, firstly, I uh, want to pray about kindness. Um, that we have kindness for people that are fleeing because they're in less fortunate situations than we are now and that we could, all of us can have kindness for those people and I also want to pray for patience that God has a plan and we're patient and let him do his work um, I want to pray for love for everyone I think everyone deserves love whether I mean they live in Russia and they know what's happening but they're supporting it I think Everyone deserves a bit of love and a bit of peace, and I hope the people in Ukraine who are brave enough to stay and look after their homes or whether they flee, I hope they can feel the love of God and that they really feel the kindness of all the other people who are trying to help them and support them. Amen.